0: Welcome to another episode of Ananda Marga DharmaCast, and this is a podcast series looking at topics in spirituality using the teachings and the writings of Sri Sri Anandamurti, the founder of Ananda Marga, as our basis. And I'm the host, Dara Veda Pragyananda, or some people call me Dara Veda. Whichever one you use is fine. So today, we're going to look at a discourse which he gave in 1978, and it's called Love, the Essential Prere- Prerequisite. I'm going to read from parts of it, and I'll talk about it, because I think it has a, a topic that is a, a perenni- of a perennial importance, always important. So here he begins by saying, As you know, curry, even if it is prepared with maximum care in all other aspects, cannot be treated as a palatable dish if there is a lack of salt in it. Similarly, all human endeavors to find out a link between the finite and the infinite fail if there is a want of devotion in them. Take the case of karma The aspirant is a karma yogi, but his karmas, or works you can say, are sure to fail if there is a want of devotion. A karma is glorified only when it remains associated with devotion and love for the Supreme. Otherwise, a karma becomes mechanical and a little bit of introversiality that one possesses in the rudimental stage disappears for a short while and the movement becomes purely extroversive. That is, human existence itself becomes a machine. So one cannot achieve the supreme goal by dint of one's work or karma when the said karma is not associated with devotion or love for the supreme. I'll just jump in a little bit here. So here he's saying that that people sometimes try to they start out in a spiritual quest but if they lose sight of that love and and they just end up doing the the work it becomes mechanical and it and it becomes um Extroverse, if it means becomes an exterior thing, it's, a, it's not a spiritual activity. It becomes a f- material activity if there's lack of the love for the Supreme. Now he goes on, he talks about people engaged in, in karma yoga, trying to help others. Now let us see what happens if one is engaged in tapasya. So tapasya means freely undergoing hardships in order to reach the goal within a short while. Now, what does happen while doing this tapasya if there is no love for for the great? Such a tapasya is nothing but a misuse of time. Tapasya is another, another word you can say is penance. Tapasya without love is a misuse of time and will have an adverse effect on the physical body and also on the psychic body. And the result is definitely bad. And here I'll also um, say something. Tapasya means we undergo hardship. So in the past, people used to sit under a water, cold waterfall or something like that, and there's that kind of hardship. But, the, but here he's talking about a tapasya or a penance where you're, you're thinking about God, you're thinking that spirit, you're thinking, let's say, you're serving some person. And that person is suffering, and that suffering person is, you believe is, is a manifestation of God, and you are treating that person with that kind of love and respect. So that is a proper use. Otherwise, he says it becomes a waste of time. Then he goes on and he talks about what he says, what is yoga? Yogash Chitta Ritti Niroda, which means yoga is a suspension suspension of all the psychic propensities now if during the suspension this period of suspension there is love for god then all the suspended propensities rest on the supreme entity suppose one is a great yogi but if there is no love for his goal then those suspended propensities are finally converted into crude matter. That is, the subtle human existence becomes like iron, like wood. It becomes like sand. What a deterioration. What a downfall. So I'll jump in again. So here in the Yoga Sutras, Patanjali said that he defined yoga. One of the definitions of yoga was the suspension of psychic propensities. So we have many um, wishes and wants and things that we want to do, things that we're thinking of, directions that our mind is moving. And the idea is, through the control of of the body and mind, we're going to suspend that. We're not going to have all these things happening. But suppose if we just suspend, it's a concentration also, and we're concentrating and we suspend it, but if it's not directed to God, what happens? It will go to some material end, and that becomes a downfall. So the yogi was great. It was a sharpness of mind. But then um, there's there's no spiritual goal, and it goes into a physical direction. It's not good. So he says, what a downfall. Um, and then he talks about something also which is quite kind of popular, you can say. This particular type of yoga, where a yogi does not bear the supreme, not bear love for the supreme entity, is called hatha yoga in Sanskrit. It is dangerous for human elevation. Hatha comes from ha-tha. Ha represents the surya nadi or the, the pingala nadi and the acoustic root of physical force. Tha represents the Chandra Nadi or the Ida Nadi, and is the acoustic root of the mind. So hatha implies forcible control of the mind by physical force. In popular parlance, when something happens very abruptly, at least in Indian language it is, or all of a sudden, we use the word hatat. So he concludes from this, Obviously, a practitioner of hatha yoga cannot attain liberation. So hatha yoga is when, through physical means, we're trying to control the mind. And today, you know, the the kind of yoga that people practice uh, just based on yoga asanas, but there's no direction, no love for God, that will not um, bring one to liberation. Although, of course, you know there are benefits of practicing the postures. Everyone knows that. So he he continues and he talks about the path of knowledge. So through knowledge, people try to realize God. That's called Gyan Yoga, or, and, and a person who does that is that intellectual is known as a gyani. But he here. Regarding knowledge, there are two branches of knowledge. One is knowledge of the the relativities of, of the physical world, and then there is a higher knowledge, opera vidya it's called, and this is spiritual knowledge. And he says something very important at the end of this thing. Um, so this it's opera or para vidya and opera, so this Crude knowledge is concerned with materialism. It has done much harm to the human society during the last one century. He's talking about the 20th 20th century. It has misguided the entire human society. It has converted human beings into animals. Indeed, animals also have been exploited by the propounders of these crude philosophies. So when one neglects the um, the spiritual knowledge, knowledge of God, and and also love. When one neglects that and concentrates only on the on the physical side of things, then it's a disaster. Not only a disaster in personal life, but for the society. And we're feeling this uh, disaster even though he wrote it in the 20th century, we're in the 21st century, we're still feeling this. And until humankind gets it correct, then we will be suffering, as he also mentions, even the animal kingdom suffers because of that. Then he finishes by talking about about, um, bhakti, which is the yoga of love. But even in this yoga of love, there are different categories of it different categories of devotion, and some some is are very materialistic worse than materialistic, like there's one category where where people they pray to God, they say, "Oh God, see they acknowledge God, but they say, "Oh God, um, destroy my enemies so that's a very bad um, kind of um, idea. Then there are other people who they they pray to God and they but they're praying for something. They say something like this basically and I'm paraphrasing it they're saying God you're perfect but you forgot one thing my um my new car please please send it to me you know so so this is it's not wishing any harm but it's also not great but the highest kind is is um it's called satvik bhakti where, there's, where, where the, there's love for God there and, not only, and even in the higher stage where one wants to give pleasure give Make the, the God happy, not not, not even attain even his own happiness. So this is the, um, this is the idea here. So the main thing is that yoga, meditation, and all of these things they're not mechanical pursuits. Um, and you may know the details, you may know how to do everything properly, all the instructions. But if there is a a lack of that that inner love that that that's the zest, like he talk in the very beginning, he talks about that you're preparing an elaborate dish, but there's a there's a little but it needs salt to actually bring out the taste uh, in it and but and if you miss that, then all of those ingredients that you put in they they don't achieve the result, so we want to achieve the result you know spiritual practice so whatever spiritual practice that you're engaged in whether you are doing meditation you're doing social service um, you're studying you're engaging in so many different ways um, you're trying to better yourself better the world but you have to always remember the, the underlying motivation the underlying reason why you're doing everything and that's why he says, love is the essential prerequisite. So we have love for God, we have love for humanity, love for all the created beings. Then we're on the right path, and then it's just a matter of time. Um, you will you will pick up all the skills or all everything necessary to do it. That's that's um, that stuff will come. But if you lack the basic, then. No matter how many years you spend, no matter how much time you spend, you won't achieve the goal. If your goal is liberation, of course you may have a materialistic goal, but if your, if your goal is to find out the link between the finite and the infinite, and that's what the definition of mysticism is. If you really want to be a spiritual mystic and reach and bridge that gap between the finite and the infinite, then you have to have love at every step of the way. So that's all I want to say about this discourse. And um, you can find it in Anandavatsanamritam, Part 2, if you can get that. Or as I found it here in the electronic edition of the works of Sri P. R. Sarkar. That's the civil name of Anandamurti. I'll put a link for that in my description. So if anyone wants to get that, great um tool you can have it so you can have all these texts which i speak about and if you have any topics that you want me to address in the future just give me a a message and i'll be happy to to um, reply either either by personal message or maybe in the form of a a future episode of ananda marga dharmacast so if you're watching on youtube Give it a like if you like it, and um, subscribe. That w- if you do those two things, it also it helps to um, spread the message. More people will get a chance to see this, this episode. And you can also listen to Ananda Marga Don in its audio format at all the podcast platforms or from our dedicated website, dharmacast.com. So that's all for today. And thank you for, for watching if you're on YouTube, and thank you for listening if you're on the audio platforms, and I bid you Namaskar.